0: So, in this week's Parsha, Parsha's Bullock, we find Bilam in numerous ways trying to curse B'nai Sral, trying to bring them down, but he's unable to do so until he proposes a plan to Bullock, which will lead B'nai Sral to intermarry and to serve Avadazar. How did this happen, and what can we learn to avoid making these same mistakes? The Medrash tells us that since Avram of had not messed up in regards to promiscuity, that is, until they camped in Shittim. What happened here? The rabbi explains that this was a classic case of a vera severa, that one sin leads to another. The pasuk tells us Israel am That bnei Yisrael yashav, they settled in Shittim. The Gemara Sanhedrin tells us that any time it uses the lashon of va'yashav, when the Torah uses the word va'yashav, el tsar, it's going to teach us that some pain is going to happen at this place. The Malbim explains that by every other one of the settlements of bnei Yisrael, it uses the word Vayichan, or Vayachanu, that they camped there. The term implies a more permanent settlement than just an encampment. And he explains that as long as Bnei viewed themselves as just encamping there and not settling, they were very careful. But now that they viewed themselves as settling there more permanently, they began to slip. This is the first mistake that a person makes which leads him down the wrong path, which is considering this world as if it is our permanent settlement. When we think that physicality is all there is to our lives and all our pleasure is going to be rooted within the next 120 years, we make the wrong decisions. But when we understand that the next world is the ultimate life, the world to come, it makes it easier to avoid all of theirs. The second issue was the place that Pnei camped in, which was Shittim. The Midrashim explain that Shittim was especially promiscuous. And the Archaim says that the Benais were known to be out and about. And that is actually why the place was called Shittim, which comes from the Lushan of Shut, which means to teul, or to go out and about. This is Torah giving us another piece of advice on how to conquer the Yitzhar, which is don't get yourself in a place where the Yitzhar is especially strong. Don't put yourself in a place of temptation. The Gemara tells us that Bilam gave advice in terms of a plan to entrap an Israel. What he would do was he would have old women sitting outside the stores, with young, prettier women sitting inside the stores. When B'nai Israel would go past the store, the old woman would ask if they wanted to buy anything, and would give them the regular price. Then the young woman from inside would shout out that she has a cheaper price. After a few times of this happening, the young woman would say to the Jew, Hey, we're friends now, we're pretty much family, why don't you come in? She would also place wine on the table. After the Jew had drunk some wine and wanted the girl, the lady would say to him, wait, first you have to serve this avedizar But don't worry, you don't have to serve it actually. Just defecate in front of it. It'll be embarrassing for the avedizar Finally, after the Jew would do this, she would demand that he denounce Judaism before finally submitting herself to him. This plan has numerous parts to it, and each one hints at a method that the Itzahar uses to conquer the Jew. The first is placing the old woman on the outside with the young woman inside. Although the Itzahar knows it can't get you to do the wrong thing, what it will do is tell you to do something where the wrong thing is right nearby, where the wrong thing is easily attainable. But it doesn't ask you to do that bad thing. This would be comparable to somebody who says, hey, I'm going to go to a bar, but don't worry, I'm not going to talk to any of the girls there. The next part of the plan is to have the young pretty woman giving good deals on the merchandise. This is Yitzhahara's next trick. It will convince us to do something that, although it is bad, it has some good concealed in it. In our bar example, although I came into the bar not expecting to talk to any girls, maybe there's a girl who wants to know something about Yiddishkeit. She wants me to talk to her about Judaism. Although I recognize it is bad to be talking to girls, I also recognize that, well, there's some good coming out of this. The next part of the plan, the young girl would ask, are we not family? This represents a terrible step that the Aids hard takes, which is to convince us that we aren't doing the wrong thing with some good with it. It's actually all good. We're family. It's good to be talking to this girl. The next step of the plan involved having wine on the table. The plan here is simple. To get you to do something terrible, it wants you to not be able to make the decision on your own. By lowering your inhibitions, now you'll make decisions you would have never made without the wine. It's interesting that this comes from the Benice Mayev. Mayev came from Light's daughters, who had to trick their father into sleeping with them by providing him with wine. Although they convinced themselves that they were doing the right thing, because, after all, they were the last people left on Earth, they still decided to use wine, because although we're able to convince ourselves that the wrong thing we're doing is correct, we usually can't get rid of that nagging feeling in the back of our head, where we know that it's actually wrong. Wine gets rid of that nagging feeling. Once we've began justifying our wrong actions and have now lowered our inhibitions, the Yitzhar takes one more step before delivering the crushing blow. It will have us do a Vaidhizara in a way of disgracing the Vaidhizara. This is the first point in the process. We are actually viewing something which is purely negative as if it were a positive. Once the Yitzhar has done that, it could convince us to fully denounce Yiddishkeit. Even this step doesn't always happen all at once. People could denounce certain aspects of Yiddishkeit. They could say, well, I don't really hold of the Durbanans. I don't really hold of this aspect, that aspect. And now we can see the full progression that the Yetzirah has taken us through. It started without a thought of doing something wrong, but the wrong was there. Then it convinces us to do the wrong thing, which we understand is wrong, but at least there's some good that comes through it. Then the wrong thing becomes not so wrong after all. After that, it lowers our inhibitions to the point that we can actually convince ourselves that the wrong thing we're doing is not only not bad, but is actually good, is for Hashem. Once we've redefined morality in terms of our own benefits, the step of denouncing Judaism entirely is very close by. The Mizrahi explains that although it's understandable that somebody would fall into the temptation of Znus, of promiscuity, it doesn't make any sense that Ben israel would throw themselves at this ridiculous Yitzhahar, of Avadazara. He explains that it's only because they had this yitzhar, this powerful yitzhar towards nushim, towards women, that they were able to convince themselves that the Avadazara was true. The Vaitazar represents a corruption in ideas, while the woman represent a corruption of your actions. The way a Jew ideally makes decisions is through the intellect influencing our emotions and our actions, not the opposite. None of us are perfect. All of us mess up. The important thing is to never justify our mistakes, but instead recognize them for what they are and strive to correct them. As we can see, the path from just doing business with a woman all the way to Vaitazara and Arias is a very quick one, and each step is a very easy mistake to make. But it's also not a mistake that's hard to overcome. It's only once we've compiled the mistakes that the new thing becomes harder and harder to conquer. But the same way a person can sink to the lowest of lows through simple mistakes, a person can also rise to the greatest of heights. For making simple accomplishments. Although it's hard to not speak Lush and the whole day, maybe next time you're about to say something Lush and hard, think, how hard is it for me to not just say this one thing? Maybe you're not wearing tittus. How hard is it for you to just throw on a pair of tittus and wear them? The individual battles are not difficult. It's only when you view them as a conglomerate that they become so impossible to overcome. So win the easy battles. Never justify your mistakes. Correct them. And ideally, don't put yourself in a place where the mistakes are possible in the first place.